Hi, and welcome to the latest edition of the Fleet Navigator podcast, your go-to GPS for all fleet matters, with me, Matthew Walters. Well, we know that we're living through a cost-of-living crisis. Places like the Bank of England are saying that by the end of the year, inflation will be comfortably into double digits and at its highest level for nearly 40 years. Prices of goods ranging from butter to garden furniture are shooting up at almost unprecedented rates. The average cost of a litre of petrol, so important to many of us of course, has risen by over 40% in just a year and the same goes for diesel. No one is really immune from these increases. They affect the budgets of individuals, families, businesses and yes, of course, fleets. Supply issues that were caused by Covid and then exacerbated in many cases by Russia's invasion of Ukraine have come to affect us all. But some will be affected more than others. Take public sector organisations and their fleets for example, they're having to deal with all of this and a period of belt tightening following the relatively big spending of the early pandemic. And although we don't want to be harbingers of doom, this could continue for some time, certainly into 2023, which is why we're recording this podcast today. We want fleet professionals to know what a cost of living crisis means for them and crucially how you can get through it as straightforwardly as possible. So let's get started shall we? What's key? Well key is to think about everything and the first point it's make is the most important. Fleet managers should be trying to think of everything when it comes to managing their fleet costs. But what does that actually mean? That's quite hard right? It means looking at every possible area in which you can make savings, and we'll cover quite a few things in today's podcast. But it also means looking at things holistically. Individual time items on a budget are important, of course, but what about the budget itself? What about the entire framework in which you're operating and spending money? If we were putting this into fleet terms, and that's what this podcast is all about, then we'd say this is a good time to think about your overall fleet strategy and funding. After all, decisions that you made two or three years ago might not quite be right for your organisation now, particularly given what's happened to the economy in the meantime. There might now be better ways of paying for your fleet. You might save money by transitioning to electric vehicles, and we'd definitely say more about that later too. Now is the time to talk to your fleet provider to see what can be done, or at least discover what your options are. Some of these options might be surprising, but that's the point, right? Thinking about everything means being imaginative. For instance, you might own a number of vehicles outright, but schemes like sale and leaseback, where a leasing company buys those vehicles from you and then leases them back, could help you to keep those vehicles whilst also making some extra cash for your organisation. So where can savings be made? So number one, Vehicle care, really important, right? Not just for savings and, and, and cost savings and being effective, but also for health and safety and duty of care. We said we'd talk about individual line items. So where can fleet managers make specific savings? There are probably more answers than we can fully cover on a single podcast episode. So let's think about it in broader categories, starting with vehicle care. What we mean here, of course, is everything from maintenance to repairs to accident management to end of life. Even outside of a cost of living crisis, you want to minimise the costs associated with these things. During a cost of living crisis, it's absolutely imperative that you do. So how do you do that? Well, to some extent, the answer is simply to drive more carefully or get your drivers to drive more carefully. If journeys can be made without placing strain on the vehicle or without getting into scrapes on the way, then all of the costs we just mentioned will be minimised. This means a degree of education. Even though some of the best advice might seem basic, it's still good for your drivers to be reminded of it. For instance, drive slowly in bad weather. 
keep an eye on road conditions, particularly if there are lots of potholes, change gear, brake in good time and so on. One of the best things about careful, safe driving is it also tends to be fuel efficient driving as well, so it saves money. But we all know that, however careful the driver, vehicles still maintaining and accidents will happen, which means that costs will still be incurred. But there are ways of saving money here too. For example, accident management services, which can be included into lease contracts, can be very good value. Instead of having to do everything yourself and pay for it at inflated rates, you'll benefit from the accident management firm's expertise, and crucially, its scale. They're likely to be able to manage every part of the process, from vehicle recovery to vehicle replacement, quickly and without fuss. This is, in a way, a double saving, because not only will you avoid some of the direct costs associated with accidents, but your organisation will also avoid the costs associated with vehicle downtime. And of course, any fleet manager looking to save money should be very careful when it comes to end of contract charges. Here it's worth reminding your drivers of the British Vehicle Rental and Leasing Association, the BVRLAs, fair wear and tear standards, so that they know what is and isn't acceptable when it comes to returning a vehicle. We won't run through the whole list here, but just to give you a sense of it, here are some of the things that leasing companies will charge for. Deep scratches and dents, missing keys and documentation and torn upholstery. So if you can fix any of these problems in a cost-effective way before the end of a vehicle contract, then you'll stand to avoid bigger charges. It literally pays to be careful when handing back a vehicle. So what about fuel and mileage? Again, a very broad category. Of course, with pump prices at record or near record highs, any fleet should be thinking about how they can reduce their reliance on fossil fuels. And as with our previous category, there's another simple, perhaps too simple, answer. Stop drivers taking the long way round. Look, we know that we're from a vehicle leasing company, but now really is the time to be asking which journeys are necessary to do by car or van and which aren't. After all, we've got a lot better at working from home and meeting up in Zoom during the pandemic. We know it's not realistic to think that road journeys can be cut out completely. Some things, lots of things, have to be done by car or van. However, the drive less philosophy can still be useful, even for the busiest fleets in the most road-hungry organisations. And there's lots of ways of getting the job done whilst using less fuel. For example, careful planning for shorter or more efficient routes. And remember, shorter or more efficient aren't necessarily the same thing. Some routes might clock up fewer miles, but might also require more start-stop up-and-down driving, which can suck fuel. What about driving sharing, sharing journeys? like setting up a carpool, or encouraging your drivers to refuel at the most effective forecourts. If you're trying to make it through a cost of living crisis, then it's probably not the best idea to always refuel at expensive motorway service stations. Again, route planning can help with this. Then there's what drivers can do whilst actually driving. We've already mentioned some of these things, but there are some tips and techniques that are particularly useful when it comes to fuel efficiency. For example, reducing speed. A driver on a 45 mile journey from Manchester to Leeds using an average car can save about £4.30 if they go at 50 rather than the national speed limit on a motorway of 70 miles an hour using the current average price of a litre of £1.62. Now driving at 50 miles an hour on the motorway is a, is a strange suggestion but the thought is there so 65, 60 as your speed comes down so do your costs. Other top tips, don't use air conditioning at lower speed which burns up fuel, open the windows instead. Remove unused roof racks and other equipment, these can increase fuel consumption by up to 30% at certain speeds and can cost up to 50% more in fuel on long road trips. How often have we seen on the motorways as we drive people with empty roof racks and two lay bars? Turn off your engine when you're waiting in a traffic jam for longer than say a few minutes. And there are ways that suppliers can help too. 
Take fuel cards for example. If you use fuel cards in your fleet, do they have easy online reporting tools that make tracking fuel usage easy? Are there any offers that you can be taking advantage? And are you offering them in the most tax efficient way possible? What about vehicle allocation? Third category of savings is, in sense, the smallest, though it's still very important and in some respects the trickiest when it comes to implementation. It's vehicle allocation, or perhaps we should say reallocation, because that's mostly what we're talking about here. Can you save money by simply reallocating older vehicles to new drivers in your fleet, rather than just leasing or buying new vehicles? Similarly, you can reallocate vehicles between existing drivers. Let's say someone moves house and won't have to use their company car so much, or moves into a more desk-bound role. Can their vehicle be put to better use elsewhere in the organisation? And of course, there are risks attached to those actions. Your organisation might be using shiny new vehicles to attract and retain talent, so reallocating old vehicles could cause a few HR problems. But as we said at the beginning, a cost of living crisis is a time to think about everything, and this is just one of those things. You could go further by, say, restricting the list of vehicles that your drivers can choose from. Have one or two cars as company cars, which will enable your organisation to access new economies of scale. It's really important at this stage to review your fleet policy and make sure you're utilising a whole life cost based structure. What about driver behaviour? At this point, it's worth stopping and thinking about one of the words we keep on saying, drivers. Drivers. I've said it several times. There's no doubting that when it comes to a cost of living crisis, your plan has to include your drivers. And driver education is key too, because they'll be looking to save money just as you are. Many of the cost-saving measures we've mentioned, from careful driving techniques to route planning, will involve driver training. But more than that, these drivers will also involve another word we've already used, driver buy-in. It's crucial that organisations communicate to drivers why cost savings are being made, and where applicable and practical, how long they might last. This isn't a doom and gloom story, it's one of solidarity. We are, as the saying goes, all in this together. And that's the spirit that any fleet should be looking to create up and down the supply chain and onto your drivers. After all, no employee in any company likes to feel as though they're being left in the dark. Besides, cost savings are just a normal part of business. Why wouldn't a business, public sector body or any other type of organisation try to save money where it makes sense to? which point it's worth mentioning another tool that can help with many of the cost-saving measures we've already mentioned, telematics. Telematic systems are invaluable for planning routes, for working out vehicle usage, and for even ascertaining driver behaviours. This is especially true in those fleets that are predominantly commercial vehicles. Because this is what a lot of cost-saving comes down to, knowledge. Knowing how much you, as a fleet, are spending and why, before then taking steps to tighten your belt. But knowledge is what telematic systems are all about. In the midst of cost of living crisis, they could be the item of spending that saves you a lot more money down the road. Don't forget the grey fleet. This other area that we really should mention is your grey fleet. These are, of course, the private vehicles that are driven for work by employees. But because they're private vehicles, fleet managers will have far less oversight of them. And because we're living through an inflationary period, it's possible that drivers may cut corners when it comes to looking after these vehicles in a bid to save money. So, for example, grey fleet vehicles might not be serviced as regularly as they normally would be, or their tyres might be in poor or even illegal condition. And we're not just speculating. According to a recent article in Fleet News, based on data from Total Motion, the proportion of grey fleet vehicles with illegal tyres has doubled over the past 12 months. Similarly, the proportion of grey fleet vehicles with an incomplete service history or not meeting manufacturer standards has increased by more than half. And this, 
Lester's need saying is a horribly false economy. Poorly maintained vehicles aren't just costlier, they're less safe. Your drivers and your road users might be in danger from this sort of corner cutting and your organisation's reputation could be at risk. So what's the answer? You can encourage your drivers away from grey fleet vehicles and into salary sacrifice schemes with the right incentive packages. We've seen a huge growth, particularly in EV salary sacrifice schemes over the last two years. You can also pay closer attention to the grey fleet itself and insist upon the same standards that you apply to your organisation's fleet vehicles. It is, after all, the law that you do so. Could mean, for example, MOT checks, service records, regular spot checks on windscreen, bulbs and tyres to check vehicles are in decent condition. Most importantly, check that the right level of business assurance is still in place. There's another big one here, we've already mentioned it once, and that's whole life costs and electric vehicles. It's an important acronym in the in the fleet world. Whole life costs, or WLC, TCO, or total cost of operation, they're the same thing. Basically, it's the idea that when you're choosing your vehicles, you should look beyond list prices and to all the costs and savings that might accrue over a vehicle's entire working life. It's an idea that has become fundamental to good fleet thinking. And it ought to be even more fundamental during a time of high inflation. There's no point saving money on a vehicle in the first instance if it's costing you lots more in fuel or tax bills or maintenance costs a month or so later. Which brings us to, as we said, electric vehicles. We won't go on about EVs as we're almost coming to the end of this podcast episode and we've done a number of other episodes about the joys of electric motoring, not to mention our Electric Moments campaign with Fully Charged. But it is worth noting, look beyond the sticker price and EVs can help save money in various ways. Fuel, firstly. Even though electricity prices are rising, it's still cheaper to go somewhere by pure electricity than it is by petrol or diesel. Some estimates say that fossil fuels are about twice as expensive. Repair and maintenance. Because they have less fewer moving parts, they don't have an engine than their fossil fuel counterparts, EVs cost less in terms of maintenance and repair. And EVs pay less in company car tax, vehicle excise duty and other taxes. They're also exempted from various other costs such as London's congestion charge and the penalties imposed within clean air zones. And of course there's the grander context. Might seem a long way off but it isn't far. In 2030 the government is ending the sale of all new petrol and diesel cars and vans in the UK entirely. The only thing that will escape the ban is the most efficient ULEVs and plug-in hybrids. And we're yet to see what those definitions are. So EVs are coming in a big way. They're an unavoidable part of our future. And that's a good thing. They're also potentially a money-saving part of our present. It's time to give some thought to them if you haven't already. And we're here to help. The good news is that you're not alone in any of this. We're here to talk through your options and help find any savings that there are to be found. Do get in touch with any comments you have about the podcast, anything you think we've missed, anything you'd like us to cover in future. And of course, if you want us to help you with your fleet strategy, because as we said at the start, no one is really immune from a cost of living crisis. So let's help each other through this one. The podcast and top 10 cost saving tips for fleets are all available at insights.leaseplan.co.uk. But for now, I've been Matt Walters. This has been the Fleet Navigator podcast. And thank you.